0: Now that my body and my brain, we pray my mouth has also caught up to the place where I am, since I missed that hymn. I was thinking about the sermon. This season of Advent is one that always brings to mind for me an experience that I had as a child, particularly because... This happened on a night, it happened many times, but one night in particular was on the 23rd of December, which is the date my family has for uh, more than 45 years celebrated my extended father's family Christmas celebration. My grandfather died when I was 10 on the 20th and was buried on the 23rd my father's father and so everybody gathered at our house before that we gathered on Christmas Eve but that year we gathered on the 23rd and so we s- kept it up and that's when we meet every year so already on our calendar 23rd blanket christmas party but what i was doing on on one of those particular 23rds of december was leaning on my knees on the couch, looking out the window, watching for my father to come so we could go to the family Christmas party. And my mother started this little sing-song with us kids. Come on, Daddy. Here, Daddy. Come on, Daddy. And she had us watching across the field and up the hill around the curve so we could spot his, the lights of his pickup truck when he was coming home from the post office. So we were watching and waiting and looking, and there was great anticipation, as you can imagine. We're going to the Christmas party. Daddy's coming home. It was just a high moment of excitement for us as children. I think about it every Christmas, because my own father has passed away now for more than 10 years ago. And I am very mindful that in this season of watching and waiting... It's much like we were as children, trying to see if we can bend our eyes around the curve in the road to see if God is coming. There's a current Christmas commercial about a homecoming for the holidays. It's a car commercial, which kind of blew my mind. But there's a young woman who's obviously been off serving in the military and her father has picked her up and brings her home and you're going to know this is a toyota commercial when i get to the end of it because because what happens is she pulls up and her dad's saying everybody's going to be so glad to see you but all the lights are dark the house is quiet when they first pull up and she says i guess they couldn't wait up and about that time He's given some kind of signal on his phone, and all the lights come on, and everybody comes out with welcome signs and welcomes their young woman home to be with the family for the holidays. It struck me, between my own experience and being on the other side of the one who is coming, that that car commercial kind of helps us get a glimpse into some threads that I think are in all four of these passages this evening. The car commercial focuses on the one who is coming and when she arrives, the house lights up and everyone was indeed awake. They were just staying still until the moment of welcome for her. They've been actively preparing for her coming or they wouldn't have had the signs ready and the lights ready and all the decorations ready and they would not have been on point and ready to greet her when she came. I keep thinking about these images from Scripture all through Advent that are about watchfulness and wakefulness and attentiveness and intentionality and what our motivations are when we come into this season. And so it struck a thought line in my own imagination about what it means to stay woke, as the young people say to us today, to stay still, to stay active, and to stay focused as we anticipate the homecoming, the return, the advent of the one for whom we've been waiting. Now, I got a real insight from... Uh, the person who is our United Methodist campus minister at William and Mary. Recently, Neil and I went over to First Church Williamsburg for their um, Advent service, and we got into a conversation with Max around their mission fair, and we were talking about all the things that have been revealed in the like on the news in recent weeks. Sexual misconduct... Financial scandals, misbehavior, poor judgment, the alarms that are sounding for the potential of war, all of those things. And Max said, you know, but the good thing is in all of this is that it's bringing things into the open. And so now we can begin to deal with it. We can get stuck in the lament of, oh my gosh, is there going to be one more person who's going to be nailed and accused, alleged, brought forward for sexual scandal? Is there going to be one more piece in the news that's going to make us shake to our boots about what's going to happen internationally and in our relationships with others? We can stay there, or we can see it as it's being brought into the light. I remember a dirty little trick I used to play on my brother's. I'm the oldest. I would go downstairs to my brother's room, and when it was time to get up for school, I would knock on the door, politely, then I would open the door, reach inside, flip on the light and say, it's time to get up, we've got to go to school. And my brothers would be screaming from the light in their eyes, right? I'm sorry, I'm not a good person. <laughs> it was my moment of power. <laughs> so. But while my brothers are squinting because of the brightness of the light, as they adjust to the light, then they could see how to get up, how to start moving along. That wasn't to my credit. That was to the grace of light. My point here is that if we're going to stay woke now that we've seen some things about racism, about poverty, about misuse of funds, about political agendas that seem oriented only for those personal gains of persons in leadership, if we're only going to lament that, we're not really staying woke to what the light is offering us. Advent is about the light coming and staying woke. Advent is also about staying still. And sometimes that is the hardest part of Advent for me. It's the hardest part for many people, I think, because there's a cultural bias toward staying busy and active. And how many parties can you have on your social calendar? And how many things can you be doing? And somebody told me three weeks ago, I already got all my presents bought and under the tree and wrapped. I'm done. I'm like, is that really what this is about? Staying still? Brian Zahn is a pastor in St. Joseph, Missouri, and he wrote a piece on his blog page about waiting and stillness, and he says, we've been seduced by an idolatry that deceives us into thinking that God is mostly found in the big and loud, when in fact God is almost never found in the big and loud. The ways of God are predominantly small and quiet. The ways of God are about as loud as seed falling on the ground, or bread rising in an oven. The ways of God are almost never found in the shouts of the crowd. The ways of God are more often found in trickling tears and whispered prayers. We want God to do a big thing, while God is planning to do a small thing. We are impressed by the big and loud. God is not. We're in a hurry. God is not. We want God to act fast. But God's speed is almost always slow. So we're waiting for God to act, but I would suggest that we're not so much waiting for God to act as we are waiting to become contemplative enough to discern what God is doing. God is always acting, God is always loving God's creation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are always inviting us into their house of love. But when we are consumed by anger, Harried by anxiety and driven by impatience, we are blind and deaf to what God is actually doing in the present moment. Stay woke, the psalmist says. Stay woke, the prophets say. Stay still, the prophets say. Wait on the Lord. Now, the next place for staying or the next posture is staying active. And You want to say to me, Lynn, how can you talk about staying still if you're going to also stay active? But in my mind, it's that kind of spiritual waiting that Henry Nouwen talks about in which we continue to practice the disciplines that hold us close to God and hold us close to one another. It's like the lesson that David read from 1 Thessalonians in which the writer of the epistle is saying Pray without ceasing. Don't despise the writings of the prophets. Don't get into arguments with each other. Test the spirits. See what you can do to work for good. That's active waiting. That's an active posture for staying attentive to the Spirit of God. The fourth way that I think we're called by these lessons, both from the gospel lesson, from the psalm, from the Old Testament lesson in Isaiah, and from the lesson in Thessalonians, is that we stay focused. Stay focused on the work at hand. And doesn't that servant song in Isaiah give us the things we're supposed to be attentive to and to be doing? Recovery of sight to the blind releasing the captives, setting at liberty those who are bound, announcing the year of God's favor. We can stay woke to those things that have been brought into the light. We can stay woke, awakened, alert, and alive to what God is actively doing right now in God's world. And the way we can stay woke is by staying still, even as we stay active about the work that God has called us to do, because ultimately we're seeking to stay focused, stay focused with our eyes on the prize, stay focused that the ultimate end in all of this is the glory of God, not ours, not the church's. The ultimate goal in all of this, the ultimate revelation in Jesus Christ incarnate, is the glory of God. Then we can, like a little girl on the couch looking out the window, trying to let our eyes bend around the curve. Come on, God. Come on, God. We're ready. We're waiting. We are here anticipating your arrival, and we want to be in your presence. Amen. Amen.